Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Rob McIntyre and Trace Armstrong. We're here to cover Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 3. A couple of shout-outs before we move on. For our patrons, we wanted to thank Philip Pajic and Gary Hogue II. Thank you for supporting us as patrons. If you, too, would like to become a patron, you can go to the Challenge Chronicles. No, you can't go there. You can go to patreon.com slash the Challenge Chronicles. Subscribe for $4 a month and get all of our extra content. Uh, tentatively this week, uh, it's still TBD what the extra episode for patrons will be. Most likely, I think it'll probably be best moments in the history of the challenge. It's something that we talked about a little bit at the end of our extra patron episode last week. Um, uh, ideas on what we think we should be in there. MPH had another really good addition in Discord, uh, about one that we missed. He mentioned, uh, the Veronica Julie incident, which I thought was a little bit of an oversight by us. So that's why I'm glad we did that. Uh, the the right. bungee thing. Uh, trying I assume to kill yeah, Veronica. trying to kill her, but there was, there was like four. But yeah, that's why I'm glad we did that at the end of uh, the Patreon episode last week. Um, so again, Patreon.com/slash The Challenge Chronicles. Uh, let's move on to episode three: Spies, Lies, and Allies, Double Agents Two. Uh, I went in very optimistic. I, I went in very very open this season. I was very open to this season being good. I thought the first two episodes. We're good. Uh, this episode was absolutely fucking terrible. I thought this episode was awful. I wouldn't go that far. I was definitely lower on it than, like, I, I thought this was the worst of the three so far by a decent amount. Uh, for me, just the main problem with it is it was one of those episodes where the entire plot line was based on kind of a will they, won't they decision from Tori. And we have, we've had those episodes in the past, and it's, I just don't find them that compelling because... We know the two options that are on the table, and it's just like watching the person just kind of waffle back and forth. It's not engaging to me. It, it revolved around that, and it revolved around a player that I didn't, I think, pretty much like has essentially no chance to win the game, too. Someone that's pretty much like inconsequential, inconsequential and has very little power in the house. You're this saying episode, Correct. This episode was like a preseason football game. There were like a lot of big players there. None of them really participated in it. Bessie had a limited amount of confessionals in it. So did Amanda. So did Kyle. All of the traditional vets that you would hope carry uh, some of the entertainment through this point in the season and in individual individual episodes at a time were pretty much non-existent. I must be weird because I really liked this episode. Granted, I'm not slept in two weeks, but, you know. <laughs> the other uh... so- let me, let me throw in one more point, and I think you, you can probably transition. Uh, you may have something to say about this, too. This mission was absolutely abysmal. Guess how much runtime this mission took up? Oh, God. Third of the episode? In, in actual airtime. It took 32 minutes. 32 minutes of airtime in this mission. All right, Trace, go. Okay, so oddly enough, I liked the mission, and I really liked the vote and i really liked the elimination okay it's like i really enjoyed the elimination too i will say i will say this of these first three this was the weakest of the three like i'm with rob on that and it uh, and you Devin, because you liked the first two and hated this one um i liked the mission because it helped get a lot of insight into what and how some of these rookies are going to perform throughout the rest of the season up until this point i haven't really been able to gauge it and now I get it. I also liked that they spotlighted the rookies this episode because I think it's going to be important for future seasons. All of these rookies are going to be gone in about four episodes. Okay. Like most of these rookies are, there is zero chance that any vet, well, not zero, there's close to zero that any chance that a vet is actually going to see an elimination for four more episodes, is my guess. Um, for four episodes? I don't yeah. know. I mean, functionally, there's going to be a lot of these double rookie pairs are going to be gone. Right, well, can... but you've got two more episodes, but they can strategically put people in Do we in such a way. Episodes? Yeah, I mean, you've got one pairs. more rookie-rookie pair in the Coriel and Michelle. So yeah. unless they win the elimination, unless they win the mission next week, they're going in as the house vote. Period. That's what's about to happen. I don't know, dude. I I think I think it's going to start to turn because I really I, well, do I think, think it has to. Like I think once they like let's say they go in and they they're done, they are every, there's no rookie rookie pairs left. Yeah, but, but they so, can, no, there would there could be though. 
there really could be, depending on how the partner switching goes after the elimination. I, I so, don't think there would be. I, I think almost everybody who's involved in that situation now is not knows the, knows what's at hand and that they need a veteran around them to have some type of protection. But see, I yeah. think that's also where we figured out in this episode, Big T is so far at the bottom of that pecking order on the Vet Alliance. We talked about that too. We speculated yeah, we about that last week that she, it doesn't, we talked about like where do, where her allegiance is and we didn't think that she was in a good spot. So to be fair, as bad as I thought that this episode was, based off of the preview for next week, I do think next week will finally start to be a little bit spiced up. It seems like mm-hmm. the veteran alliance starts to crumble. I'm with Rob. I agree. I think that next week it probably ends. I think we will see a veteran go in at some point next week. I think there's a decent chance of that. Um, and if the veteran alliance does continue, it really can't last much much longer beyond next week. Um, this... They're just really, it was just more of the same kind of this week, right? We knew another, it was going to be all rookies going in. It didn't seem like now was going to be the time for a veteran to go into elimination. And it didn't seem, you, you just knew that Tori was going to bring up everything that happened last season with Big T, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the fact of whether or not she acted on how she really felt. I mean, I do yep. think there was a decent, there was some chance she would have put Big T in. Like I, I, th- I think yeah, her gameplay of first off. I think her gameplay the first off this episode was very poor. I, I think I, to go up to Big T and even mention that there's a thought of putting her in when you're like not sure you're going to do it. I don't see why. Yeah, well, why no that? That's just gonna. That's just putting her radar up when it, it probably was already up about some about some of this stuff. But I don't see well, why she didn't you're, seem, like, spooking her. She didn't seem surprised. I mean, that was the thing. Big T knew, and there's also this thing where I'm also like. Tori, if you want to pull the trigger on Big T, is that going to end the Vet Alliance? No. You know why? I I disagree. I think that's a terrible move. I think that's – because, like, when you do – once you, like, say, oh, Veteran Alliance isn't over, but I have a good reason to put Tori in. There's, like, a a thousand other people in the house that say, you know what? I have a good reason to put Tori in now. She was the first one to put a vet in. Like, that's – we're pushing her to the bottom. I didn't think about it that way. Fair point. You can't put the genie back in the bottle with that. The genie is out. It's over. Yeah, once Pandora's just box the, has been opened, it's open and there, there's nothing you can do. Just Somebody like, watch the trailer I, for next week. I've said this I've said this multiple multiple times. Once and I I've gotten it from Survivor because this is very true in Survivor. Once you say someone's name, it just makes it so much easier to keep saying their name. And that's what's going on with Coriel and he brought it up in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that they are definitely going in next week and it'll be interesting to see who they go against. If if I am the vets you are hoping that Coriel and Michelle get voted in and then follow that up with big T and who's her partner now. It's uh, Jeremiah. She's with Jeremiah Jeremiah. right now. So like that's, that is the matchup you want if you're a vet next week. I mean, I would think about putting Tori in if I was them at that point. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Michelle because I think it was interesting that she pretty much, she pretty much wasn't an option for Tori to be thrown in this week, right? No, she it mentioned didn't. her. She she yeah. mentioned Michelle, no, Berna, and Big T. She, I mean, she wasn't obviously she, as much as the other ones. When did she mention her? Because she Tasha met. Tasha said that she wanted Michelle, but I don't know if we ever heard. When she was talking that. to Devin, she mentioned Michelle. I think that Possibly. Tori was trying not to make further enemies out of Corey and oh, Michelle she until she had to. She did a she played sloppy this week. I mean, like really, really sloppy. So you know the big T conversation. All right, cool. I agree with you guys a little bit more now on that. But going up to Tasha and saying like, "Hey, who do you want?" I'm going to try. She didn't really try. Like, come on. Well, it's, it's also like. I mean, we Tori has a probably a much better understanding of like who's good and who's bad in the house than Tasha mm-hmm. does because I mean she just knows these people. She's been around them a while. If you really mm-hmm. want Tasha to stay, you probably have a better ch- idea of who Tasha can beat than she does, just because you know a lot of these people and you have a scouting on terms of what these eliminations could be and yeah. how they might play out. So going up and asking Tasha like, "Oh, who do you think you could beat?" You, you know who you think who th- you, like she could beat in the house. Like she's not going to mm-hmm. have a better idea of that than you. And unless if you're, like, committed to, like, okay, whatever she says, we'll just give it to her and then we'll go from there. Because I do think if you go that way, it would give you some cover with that person. Like, hey, they wanted you. That's why I put you in. But Mm -hmm. to do it, like, the way she did is just super sloppy. 
It's super like, sloppy. It, bur- it burns her. She clearly has some friends in the house who uh, she put Tori on blast. I'm not going to be happy with her. So I, I thought that like, was very poor gameplay. She she pretty much just made enemies for herself when she didn't have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah, the things that like, she didn't have to do this episode. And the one thing, so I'll bring this up on the aftermath. Tasha was on the aftermath as well as a couple other people. Tori wasn't there, and I wish they would have had her on to have her kind of there to defend herself. But apparently from the first, on like the opening mission um, from this season, Tasha said that Tori told her that it was kind of hard to grasp exactly what Tori was trying to do, but that she basically was trying to get Tasha to think that she was on the same team as Tori was to help her and Kells like break their cinder block. So she was like, no, the way the game works is you're paired with me and Kells now, and we all have to work together to break this cinder block and like give Tasha the hammer and have her start wailing away at the cinder block. Tasha didn't fall for it. <laughs> but... um like, I think your upside in – I would want to hear what her side of it is. But I think your upside of that move is so limited. Like, winning the missions here, like, it buys you safety for a week, but it really yeah. doesn't – like, it doesn't matter that much. And it's not like getting second gets you anything either. Especially and, at this point in the game. Yeah, and then when you have somebody who's an international rookie who their experience from the show, you're not sure what it may or may not be. Like, the, these people don't want to look dumb on TV. Like, when you're trying to pull one over on them like that, you're so liable to just, like, not even game offending them, personally offending them and causing a big rift. So we're in agreement that her gameplay this week was poor. Uh, it was very poor. How much do we think what she did in this episode, her actions, will actually affect her moving forward? I'd be skeptical of it just because, like, I'm sure next week somebody else will do something and they'll be the first name. They'll be the first name on the block. You know, like I, I don't think that it'll carry that much going forward. And it's I not, agree. And, and like the people she burned was Tasha and her group, which although they seem to be in this smarter contingent of rookies, probably aren't going to have that much power going forward, unfortunately. And Big T, who I don't think has pretty much like any sway in the house at this point. Now she just doesn't. I, pre- pretty much Fessy's only moment this episode was at the top of the episode when Big T went to him and confronted him and asked if he was the one that was responsible for the way that the votes went last week. Um, And it was pretty much Big T trying to figure out why Fessy did not include her in the plan. Um, And Big T or Fessy kind of danced around the situation until he admitted that he wasn't sure where Big T's alliances were. And then we got a confessional from Corey where he pretty much stated uh, the same sentiment. So it really does seem what we were thinking in the recap of episode two last week is exactly what the bets were thinking too. Like where does Big T's alliances lie? We heard Corey say that she hangs around with the rookies a lot. Um, and she really was pretty quiet this episode until the end of nomination, right? When Josh was like, Big T, like you got to say something here. Um, because it seemed like there's a realistic chance that she I don't could think be she would have been voted in. in. No, I, not I voted in. I, I mean, thrown in. Um, but I mean, I think yeah, she I don't had the right idea, though. Who did? Big T. Just stay quiet. Let yeah. somebody else do it. Uh, I don't know because you you need an opportunity to talk to everyone in the house, right? Because or yeah. just say something. Because even though she's not going to get voted in this week, you know what I mean. It's going to yeah. get to the point where like there's like less and less people in front of you in line. Yeah, and I suppose that, I mean, she, there is a very easy argument to Tori of, like, look, if you put me in, whether I win or lose, like, you've now made it, you've now broken this truce amongst the veterans, and since you were the one to break it, you're liable to be the one put in. Like, look at what happens to Johnny and Laura on World of Worlds 2. Like, it's just, yeah, whoever breaks they that change, I would get put and in. So, I also think, I also thought it was really interesting, and I think the reason that Big T did it was because of what you just said, um, is that when she decided to have a conversation with Tori and she went up to Tori after nomination, um, after Tasha and Jeremiah had been voted in by the house, she knows that she needs to now convince Tori to not put her into elimination. When she goes up to Tori and asks to speak to Tori alone, she doesn't ask to speak to Tori alone. She asks to speak to Tori in private with Kyle present. Yeah. I thought Um, having Kyle, there was a very good move by her. Correct. Yeah. Because I feel like, He's kind of the bridge between them. It seems like Kyle has like a decent relationship with pretty much everyone in the house just because he's like we've talked about. He's done this for seven seasons at this point. I think yeah. he has the ability to at least have a working relationship with people. Yeah, like, I, I, I think about, like a good relationship, but something that like he would be able to act on. 
Um, I think out of the veterans, you'd have to say that Kyle's probably Big T's closest ally. I don't even know if Toy really knows that. So to have him there as kind of like a third party to confirm what Big T is saying, I thought was a very good move. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So I think... I think one thing too, like if you're Troy, you have to be conscious. Like you just, you just have to be careful when you're playing with people who don't want to. Like clearly, a lot of these international players really value the opportunity to be on American television and to have a bigger audience like that. So you just have to be careful in the way you like. You don't think like, they don't want to look dumb. Like you, you have to be careful with that. So the rookie alliance, uh, the non-existent rookie alliance. What, yeah, what rookie alliance? <laughs> There is not like, one. Any, any prayer is completely dead. They are now in the minority, 14 to 13. I will say this, though. Uh, they still would have a chance if Big T swung to the other side. Uh, and they well, got no, their, it's 14 to 12. Like a, like, I think like a CT or somebody who's not probably in the side of the pecking order, they could probably talk a few people over, you would think. But that's the thing. The people at the bottom of the Veteran Alliance need to – Wake up, smell the roses, and realize that they need to team up with some of the, these rookies before their chances are completely gone. Because if <laughs> someone's at the bottom, who, who's at the bottom? Let's talk about this now. I think we mentioned this a little bit last week. We know Big T's at the bottom for the veterans. Who else? Someone's got to be CT, there. CT's got to be uh, have a target. I, I just don't see how he can't. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean... C, I mean, maybe CT has another handshake with people and we're not seeing because he's getting like zero screen time. Like he's getting some he really hasn't done much. reaction shots and he's had like one or two confessionals, but like he's been very invisible so far this season. I don't think that's going to remain that way. Um, you don't pay CT's appearance fee and not put him on television more. So at some point we'll get more CT, but right well, now... He's not up to much right now. That's what I think. I'm with you. I just don't know that he's... He's riding the CT wave. He's playing his game where he just tries to hover under the radar and not make any decisions or piss anyone off so that people don't look at him. Amber I, I still think Fessy and Casey could be in trouble too. I'll believe it when I see it. I I would say that the definitely big T's at the bottom. I would then put CT and then the next person up. Amber is, B. Amber B. Oh, Amber B. That's I forgot about her. Like, yeah, you're right. I think she might even be below Big T because it, the it, thing it, is, it, just it, right it, now she has Josh as a partner. Maybe maybe she's yeah. just picked by the. And, and like, got I, vet, you're still not going to have to. You, you, yeah, you're still not going to have to vote vets in. Like, you know, pick them out of a pair to put them in. Yet you'll just mm-hmm. have to um, vote in a pair that has a vet. See, on here's it, so here's where things are going to get really dicey for the vets and this truce that they have. And I didn't think about this before I made the four episode mark. I'm just going to blame it on no sleep. So we're just going to go with that <laughs> excuse. Um, I, uh, it's going to be interesting. The pecking order as vet vet pairs become more prevalent. You know what I'm saying? That's true, be- because yeah, I mean, I, so that's going to really about- rock the boat. Yeah, so like thinking about it now, right? Like Michelle and Coriel would be the obvious choice for next week to continue the. the theoretically, they could put all rookie pairs in next week again if they wanted to, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The week after that, they would be able to, it, just because of the way that everything's set up to this point, they would be able to put Big T and Jeremiah in. And I don't think that would like, like be like. No one's going to cry about like, that. Yeah, well, like the only no people who would might be like Kyler C two, who I don't know how that much equity they have with the real nucleus in that line. Yeah, it's well, CT at this point, Big is zero. T has no political influence here. So if she, if someone's got to go, I, I if think no Someone who's I don't think partially she has the working right with her. Influence. And so after that, that's really when it gets interesting. I feel like so we pretty much have mm-hmm. like two more weeks where it can be pretty much boilerplate, signed, sealed, and delivered. Like wake me up when it's three weeks from now. At that point, mm-hmm. that's when it gets pretty interesting. And it'll be really interesting once the partners have uh, shaken up a little bit to that point. Mm-hmm. I, I really think the people who are more athletic threats, like Fessy and Casey, I, I just think that's what could be the determining factor here. Like, you think Amanda and Ashley want to run a final against Casey? Would you rather run a final against Casey or Nani? Um, yeah, I agree with you there, for sure. <laughs> and like, I, if I'm Amanda not, and Ashley... Like not, I don't... So I, mean, I, I can't see them being okay, like playing for second place like that. Like, <laughs> I don't even mean it that way. If they couldn't, if Casey gets the wrong partner in a final, beat her. But like they have so a of an instinct where they're going to put them on the bottom. 
let's let's break down these numbers. So I think that's really what it comes down to the, who's in the Big Brother Alliance and who's in the like Amanda Ashley Nelson and Corey Alliance, right? So like, do we mm-hmm. really think that that other alliance has more numbers than the Big Brother Alliance? Yeah, also includes 100%. Devin and also includes Nani. Devin's voting they with do. Nelson over them. Yeah, hundred percent. I bet you Devin. Would no, I think De- no. Voting? Devin is with Josh he's for sure. With Nelson, dude. They like, were on the what? same. Are you the one season together? That doesn't yes, make it. No, 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 Rob. No, 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 no. He I, I is one hundred percent Big Brother Alliance. Why? Yes, that's all we've seen this season. He's all that's he's said all this season shown. is I'm in the Big Brother Alliance. We just saw him all talking the- with Tori and Denise at this episode, and we also like so? who, also like from his perspective, Josh is one thing. He would, well, I'm sure, he'd much rather go to the end with Nelson and Amanda than Casey and Fessy. I don't think on camera in a confessional. He said he was 100% working with the Big Brother Alliance. Working even, with and being committed to them over people he's known for years back. now. No, let's, bet right now. let's bet. How are we going to bet will. on this? Uh, who does Devin vote against the Big Brother Alliance first or the other alliance? Does he vote against the, like, whatever you want to call the other alliance? Nelson, Amanda. Um, yeah. I don't know how to put Ashley in there, but the, those two specifically. He picks Nelson over Fessy. That's what I would say for sure. I don't think so. I think I think uh, he may pick Nelson over Fessy. I don't. Well, no, like because uh, that's still part of the like. Josh would be livid if that happened. Like I don't think it's gonna. Josh happen. can be livid then. Josh gets livid quite frequently. I don't. I don't get why you think he has like such this great relationship with Nelson because they, they all talked about it and they were on and are you the one season together and they live together. We we haven't seen any of that this yeah, season. Yeah, Devin, we only see 90 minutes of content, and they're there for weeks at a time. We had we saw absolute dog shit this episode. They could, they could have shown us something this episode, and if it happened, we literally saw nothing. I was yeah, watching exactly. So why do we even care what they're showing us? I was watching Here's the thing. for 32 minutes during that challenge. The, the last two seasons, if you go Double Agents and Spies, Lies, and Allies, there has literally been zero minutes of Devin and Nelson being shown working together. There has been zero minutes of a confessional of them talking about working with each other. So I'm finding it really hard to believe that they're working together now when Devin has been in a confessional saying he's 100% aligned with Josh, Fessy, and Casey. I just, I have a hard time buying that. We'll see what happens. So let's, let's, let's put Devin aside. Even beyond that, right now that's. That's four four people. people versus four people. Right, I think Devin votes with them. I think Nani definitely votes with the Big Brother Alliance. So I think that's six people right there. Oh, so who's left in the house at that point? CT, uh, Kyle, Kyle. Um, I would think, I think Kyle, Kyle votes, with, votes with Corey. I don't Nelson think Kyle votes. Yeah, I think Kyle. Does I think not they do whatever like brother. they think advantages them at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, I just don't. I just can't. Don't see people ride wanting to ride with Fessy and Casey to the final. I know they failed in the final last year. I just think they're so clearly the biggest athletic threat. I don't. So Rob, like I, I I'm going to say this. I agree with you. If I was one of the people in the house, I would want to get rid of them, right? Like that. Like I wouldn't want to go against them in the final. I would try and figure out a way to to get them out. It doesn't. I don't think people are going to be, behave that way though. Like Why? I just don't think it's going to happen because it seems because of how well they're aligned in the house. I don't think that people like we've seen people like I don't think people really think. Do you think people think of Fessy as the strongest person in the house? I think I don't, not even necessarily in a final, but I think in an elimination, people know you don't. They don't want to go against him. Uh, and it's he, one thing like now when you can kind of control who is going against versus later down the line, you might be the one who ends up in elimination against. Him. So, like for example, like if you're in charge of. If we know, all right, we know it's rookies that are in, and there's going to be one vet who's going in. If that one vet is Fessy, I know I'm not going against him if I'm Amanda or Nelson. Mm-hmm. I also that- feel like if if I am one of the male veterans, as soon as this truce is over, I'm actively working to get Fessy out somehow. You know, like at some point, you've got to take the shot at him because if I'm Kyle you know, the chances of him getting thrown in against a Fessy is high after what happened last year. And just it seems like people still don't trust Kyle. We haven't seen hints of that yet, but I just feel like they're going to use that as a scapegoat reason to throw him in. If, if, if you're Kyle, point, do you really want the, the, the threat of having to do a hall brawl with Fessy again? At this point, is there anyone in the house outside of CT that has a greater percent chance 
uh, greater than 50% chance of beating Fessy in an elimination? No. Yeah. Greater than 50%? No. Do I think there's a, a rookie that could take a shot at a couple rookies that could maybe, if it's a right elimination, get a more than 50% chance? Yes. Yeah, I think that. Sure. And I mean, it's also yeah. one of these are paired eliminations, so you don't know who he's going to mm-hmm. be paired with. And then it's also like, I mean, if he gets the one this week, that's not really playing to his strengths at all. Yeah. His like, if, best if situation I, would. I didn't his even best situation would be too is if he was like thrown in by someone and didn't have to be paired with Esser too because mm-hmm. his partner. In but if somebody's throwing him in, they're throwing him in until he goes. Like, and they're going to put. Yeah, get he's him getting. To, he's, he's getting thrown in with partner as possible for that elimination. And not, not only that, Devin, they'd also at that point they're able to see what the elimination is and have an idea of what they're doing. Yeah. So if it's hollow brawl, then like, why are you putting him down and there? Then, and you well, can exactly. give him one attack. That definitely like limits the amount of times that he's going to go in too. So any like strength elimination, there's even there's just no point of putting him in, right? Like why? Mm-hmm. Even uh, I mean, he, he could just be voted in by the house, and then they don't know what the elimination yeah. is. Well, depending on the elimination, I didn't think about the standpoint of like if he's the uh, the winner's vote, and you see an elimination that's going to be interesting for you need both people in the pair to be good. I mean, that's the situation where you look at the weakest person in the house and pair them with Fessy for an elimination against whoever the strongest person. You know, you have to manipulate the vote to where it's like a Jeremiah and Corey situation and then, you know, go from there. All right. We pretty much haven't talked about that episode. Like, yeah, I I do think it was a fun episode. I got like Nelson's about, boot camp at the beginning. I thought was fun. Where he, I was not entertained by that at all. Like really, whatsoever. No, do you like? Oh, so like I was thinking about this. Like I think Nelson is funny when he's like when he does stuff unintentionally, right? Like he's naturally funny when they're like scripting scenes around him to like be entertaining. He's like the creed. Of, he's like the creed of the challenge where he just needs his like yeah, offhanded like, remarks and not not having a plot line built around him. You know, like. Uh, just like then, what do you guys always say from? Like, what's his like most famous line? Well, when he, the needy greedy, or the needy, the 20, 18th century, yeah, or, uh, like it's multiple choice, so it's a fifty-fifty chance. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I mean, I think I've been kind. I've been pretty. I mean, I actually, am curious that it seems like he's kind of just ditched Ashley now, right? Yeah, completely. I wonder what happens then if Burn is gone within the next two or three weeks. Are they like? I wonder how how, how if they're still simpatico. To find simpatico, like are they still like locked locked in voting together? I mean, I would think so, but you, you never I know. Mean, yeah, I think they're on the same page now. Like, I, I think that they like politically yeah, they, they were on the same page like... of the elimination. Say that again. They weren't on the same page at the elimination. For who they wanted to go home, yeah, but like I mean, I mean as far as like the. As far as like the people that were in there, uh, like I'm sure Nelson didn't want Bernard to be in there, but like I mean, at the end of the day, it really isn't like a huge hit to his game. No, not at all. Um, I did also really enjoy in the beginning of the episode when Coriel and Gabo are talking, and it seems like Coriel is. Um, yeah, that was that was a very good scene. Yeah, well, it seems like Coriel like actually knows kind of like what's going on. He's like trying to tell Gabo like, "Hey, you know you can be voted in, right? Just by the winners. Like Nani doesn't have to be involved in that. You can, they can just pick you out and put you in." He's like, "Oh, I won't be voted in. I have Nani as a partner." You thought that conversation came off that way? I didn't think that came off that way at all. Praise well, to that's you. kind of what I drew from it that he's saying like, "Oh, I'll never be voted in. I have Nani as a partner." It's like, dude, they can just pick anybody they want. No, he thought that he said he was just safe based off of like the the house vote. Like I think they were just talking about that. Like I don't think he was really. He said I, he's not. Doesn't think he's going to go into elimination anytime soon because he has Nani as a partner. I don't which know. I think is very. What did you think? Did we lose Trace? Yeah, he says Possibly. we need to pause. Stop, we need to stop and refresh. Okay, we're live. All right, sorry everyone. Uh, more technical difficulties. Not uh, mine this time. But we're back. What were we even? We were talking about Coriel we and Gabo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good conversation. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Coriel, uh, brought up what I brought up earlier in the show about how, because his name was said and because it's kind of like, uh, he was put out there as an option to be thrown into elimination. He thinks that he's in jeopardy to be put in pretty much every time. And that's what we saw this episode. And I mean, strategically, I think that only makes sense from the people in the house too, right? 
there's no reason to make more enemies uh, yeah. than you have to, unlike what Tori thinks, apparently, from this episode. But... <laughs> I agree. Uh, I think she. Uh, one thing that has been weird with her too, like um, both these past two episodes have kind of been built around like, will they, won't they decisions from Tori? Because last episode was whether or not she was going to support the vets voting in Kells, and in this episode she has um, her whole stuff with Big Team, who she's going to end up putting in. So it's seen, it's I, I, it's been notable that they've been really spotlighting her political slash social game. Yeah. All right, let's talk about well, we, we we have well, to. We have to talk about the mission, and we have to talk about the elimination. Uh, elimination. Trace, what did you want to say? Did you have something that you wanted to say before we move on to? Either yeah. Or so when we were talking about alliances a few minutes ago, it almost feels like there's three vet alliances. You've got the Big Brother people, you've got the Nelson and Corey alliance, and then you've got like Anissa, Tori, and some of the other people floating in the middle. I think Tori's way further down that totem pole than we think she is. You know, I feel like I mean, I don't I'm think her, she's very high up, to be honest. She's she's low on that totem pole. I so, agree. That's it. I think she could use a veteran partner right now. <laughs> she needs like not CT. She needs Fessy or she needs uh, someone in that. She needs uh, to get Josh. like paired up with I don't know, Devin or Nelson or something. Yeah. Pick a side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I it's, it seems like Devin's aligned pretty well, right? Because Devin is, I when, think, in a very good spot. When we saw it. Uh, Tori go over her thought process initially with Anissa about what she should do and about how the vote should go. Devin was the third person involved in that conversation. And yeah. so this really does bring to light that a lot of the animosity from last season uh, between the two of them that was stated as much between the two of, or by both of them was pretty much for show. Uh, oh, a thousand percent. And I think, I think we... I think we knew that at the time. We did. Um, but this really just emphasizes it even more. And, yeah, I think this also just emphasizes that it was for show and they're not carrying that show over to this season. They have they have other uh, other ways to get on TV now. So they'll be doing yep. other stuff. All right. Let's talk about the mission. This pretty much violates every tenant that we have <laughs> set up for a good mission. Um, Trace, no what explosions did you at least. No what explosions. did you find redeeming about this? Um, I, I, I mean, it, it was difficult and it was interesting to watch and just like what it actually was. I mean, I think there was a really easy way around most of the issues. Just have more teams go at once. And like, maybe, maybe there was yes. a health hazard where you couldn't do it that. Probably was. It that was, cave got too many. It'd be chaos. Yeah. It'd be chaos. Have them all jump in the water. I mean, look, I time. mean, Tommy already got in. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the that. Where he had to leave. But yeah, the, what I liked and about Michelle, Michelle had her face bleeding out the whole thing. Yeah. What I liked about it is, is you actually saw what rookies could dig down and work hard And Michelle, you know what? I was wrong. I did not think that physically she was going to be a huge competitor because on survivor, she has never been like a great challenge, you know, person. And she was, just okay. She was okay, but she was political. Trace, I think she has some kind of record for elimination or for uh, immunity wins, doesn't she? I'm going to look it up while you keep talking. But go All ahead, right, yeah, going. look it up because I have a hard time believing that she has a great immunity record on Survivor. Granted, she, I did she not won a see the end of wrong. I just didn't see her season prior to season 40, so I just don't know. Um, but uh, where I was going with that is, is like she really dug deep in that swim challenge and got. You know, her nose is bleeding. She was a better swimmer than Corey in that, which was interesting. And she was really pushing hard and she was going after it. Like, I just did not expect that from her, especially after watching season 40 winners at War of Survivor. Like, I did not know she had that in her because there was no glimpse of that in season 40. She just seemed okay. She never seemed like she was a real threat to anyone. She was going to make it to the end, but there was no way she was winning. Um, I mean, I, I have also been impressed by her. I'm someone, I really liked Michelle on TV. I just, I didn't think she had the overall athletic profile that you'd really look for in a challenge competitor, but I do think she has impressed me so far. I thought like her upside would kind of be Amanda, maybe like someone kind of like an Amanda type competitor. And I think she's actually shown she has maybe a bit more physical capability than even that. Yep. I can't find it. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I don't think she's, she's definitely not number one. Like, I just remember that she had like more than you would think. Okay. Um, 
She had a and lot at the end of Kyle Wrong. And I definitely wasn't uh, high on her coming out of Survivor. Um, but I have found myself rooting for her this season and wanting her to do well. I Same. definitely think she adds a lot to the show. I agree. Um, I think she's doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, with like that. you said, who 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 would have thought that Michelle and Corey L would have finished second in this mission uh, and lost by one second? Less, and that transitions us into less than one second, and that transitions us into what I want to talk about next: Ed's performance. Who would have thought that Ed would have been this good of a competitor uh, at this point in the season? Right. Uh, Tori pretty much didn't Tori pretty much say that he was the reason that they won this mission. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, I I really enjoy all three people you just mentioned. I do think we have to be conscious though that a lot of these vets probably aren't trying that hard in these missions. Like Kyle's not even jumping as the horn goes off, and really it's just the rookies who are at risk here. So they're going to be the ones who are going balls to the wall with the vets. Like, I mean, yeah. outside of Big T and maybe CT, do they care if they win the mission or not? Like, yeah, CT not doesn't want to, to be in the position to have to pick people to go in right now. Like he is, his game is to stay as under the radar as possible. So he is not going to try to win anything right now. He's going to try to perform well, yeah, so I, but not, I'm not trying to diminish them. Well. I, th- I think they deserve a lot of credit for. Yeah, I, I, think, I he, think they deserve a lot of credit for what they did. I just don't know how many people of the vets were really giving 100. percent Now she. So I'm looking at her seasons from Korong and Winners at War. She won like two each season, so she definitely doesn't have any type of record. Um, yeah, like I mean, I think CT actively does not want to win here, right? Mm-hmm. Like he won like as little attention as he can get, the better. And he pretty much had, like, minimal exposure this episode up until, I don't know, when. Like, the elimination. Like, well, he had a different kind of exposure this episode. He popped up at some point uh, with a confessional. His first confessional happened pretty late, I think. It was towards the elimination. shorts fell off in the mission. That's Tommy. Who, Tommy's? No, CT's. CT, no, oh. Tommy's the one whose pants fell off, and then CT turned around and mooned everybody while they were making fun of Tommy. Well, his were being awful. Naked. He was on the little boat, and they were just talking about it. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, so this mission, I don't know. Like, it's just this, like, it's the same thing. They're just having, like, just having, like, small groups go over and over it's like kind of like tough to tell, like, like you, you can't really tell who's doing well and who's doing bad because they're just going against one other group. Um, yeah. And they probably, I w- you'd have to think they probably reorder how they sh- like air these missions just totally. because like they want to show us the pairs that the ones that are significant and then they'll speed through the ones that aren't. Yeah. Like they wouldn't want to speed through, uh, the Michelle, Corey, Tori, Ed round since yeah. Michelle did See, really well. And they, you know what I thought? The more that I've thought about this as we're sitting here talking, the last two weeks needed to be 90 minute episodes. They had enough content to fill it. This week was an hour episode. Like totally. Th- they stretched out. Like, totally. If this was an hour episode, Nelson's boot camp's not there. And this mission is chopped in half. And there's your, run time to get this under half under 60 minutes. Like that's where that came. You from. could have easily, you could have easily made this because they even kind of stretched the elimination and mm-hmm. let's start talking about the elimination. Now I thought the elimination was very good, but they, they stretched that too. guess how much in airtime the elimination was. It was like 18 minutes, right? 20. No, 20. airtime was 30 minutes. So the, the mission started when there was, uh, it, the episode was an hour in. It was so there very was still, long. There was still 30 minutes left in the episode um when they got to the elimination ring mm-hmm. so in, in this episode it was 30 minutes for the elimination 30 minutes roughly 30 minutes for the the, the mission and then 30 minutes for everything else yeah. which i think is a very uh at least for my enjoyment and i would for based off of the three years that we spoke i would guess that that's not in line with how you guys would want to enjoy the show either no and you know what there's something yeah, that i, I would think that this would appeal to some of the more casual members of the fan base though like i don't know if this is a, like a zero percenter in terms do we of know the, the thing is though do we know that casual members of the show like are super into missions like do we know that that's what they show some are. for some are some aren't I mean, I think you would say. I mean, we should I don't have the market research data in front of me. I know from personal conversations it does. I want to do, yeah, but that's like a personal conversation that you have offhand with like however many people. Well, like, well, I, I know. It's do, just like I, I said, David, I don't have any market research data I know, available. I'm, Anybody I'm, we're going to be able to talk to is more committed fans. 
Yeah, but anything anecdotal is fucking bullshit. Like, I don't want any, like, anecdotal things. <laughs> well, but then like, why are we even talking about it then? Like, what we're doing is talking. Like, uh, there's no, there's no, I, I, get, I understand where you're coming from. Where, and if what, I was I'm making... gonna say, what I'm going to say, Rob, is that I really would, like, want to do a survey on this and, like, figure out, like, like Ow. if you did a survey that's, what, what is the number one reason why you watch this show? And then, like, broke it out into, like, break it out into the fundamental parts and then, like, somehow, like, survey the audience. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be easy, Ow. but, like, I would be curious. I, I, look, I, I would agree. I'm just saying we don't have many means available to accomplish that. You could just like put a survey on MTV or something, you know, like, uh, like not we could do it. Like, I mean, we could do it. We could put it on Reddit, but that's not like you're going to get very that's all committed fans, though. I know that's all people who spend half. That's what I just I know. I, I just you got to put it on like MTV or something. That's the only way you could do it. You could do so. Like, what you could do, listen. You could do. You could put it up on a site, and then you could run ad, buy ads on MTV. You could just like buy programmatic ads and like blow them up super cheap. Like we like realistically, if we wanted to do it, we could probably do it for like a hundred bucks. Interesting. But well, I don't want to spend the money. We, we know where our next patron money. checks are going. Then. Yeah, no thanks. Hey, so, so one thing I want to point out here that is interesting about how they've edited the first three episodes of this season, okay? They are front loading content. They went the entire first 15 minutes of the show before they even thought about taking a commercial break. Towards the latter I half, and the last half hour had five commercial breaks that were all like three minutes, four minutes long. I feel like that's what they've done traditionally, don't you think? It's worse than it ever has been. This, this one I noticed it being longer than normal. Because even during the mission, they only took, you know, you had when the mission started was the first com- commercial break when they jumped, before they jumped off the cliff, that was commercial break one. They didn't take another commercial for another 10 minutes. And after the mission, it seemed like they went to commercial every six minutes. Like you would barely get any content and then they'd be gone again because they have to hit a certain amount of ads for the show. I really think that the way that they are editing the show from a commercial standpoint makes the show feel longer if you're not zipping through it on a DVR. I think watching this show live as it airs you're going to lose people as the episode goes because of how many ad breaks they're getting. And I think that's part of, there's a couple things, but I've been watching the ratings trend down and everybody's like, Oh, it's the summer. Oh, it's this. Oh, the world's opening up. Well, guess what? During double agents, the world was open most everywhere. Still, we were all wearing masks everywhere and not much really changed in a lot of those places, but like people are, people were out a few months ago during double agents However, the way that they're structuring these episodes, I really think that they're having trouble building a compelling story for the episode in that first 15 minutes, and people are just turning it off. Isn't I mean, it I think, get the same time slot as Big Brother right now? I don't think Big Brother is yeah. taking much away from this. You know, I think it's just I general. significantly. I would think that there's how much I don't big, feel the same buzz big, around this season that I did double agents before it aired. How many how many more episodes are there in Big Brother? I mean, we're going to be able to find out real quick. I don't think Big Brother has that much time left, do they? They might be wrapping up soon, but then Survivor starts right after that. Yeah, so I mean at this point they're screwed then. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they're the all owned by the same company. What are they doing? Like what when are they going to be able to not run them at the same time though? Survivor runs Well, but I mean, it's the, the same exact time slot. Uh you might be able to run them like different days. Yeah. Why like, why yeah. does the challenge what have did... to be on Wednesday at eight PM? Why can't it be Tuesday at eight PM? Yeah, what else are they it gonna doesn't. show? No, fucking ridiculous? Put, it was put on Tuesday or Thursday at eight PM. Or I, I like I like I don't know why they choose the time slot they do. I Back in the day, yeah, they they have to have somebody in the room that because I I mean the thought in my head is like okay somebody was like oh the best time to react but based on the numbers we've run the best time to run a reality competition series is that Wednesday at eight. And they're like, you okay, have to, let's put all of them on Wednesday at eight. You have to no, you ha- what you have to remember is that like the people who decide that for each of these companies, like probably aren't really working together. Mm-hmm. They like th- yeah. they're not yeah. they're not talking apparently they're not talking with it with each other at all, because then this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. But that's crazy. But though. the other thing you have to also How, take like, into account is what are the what DVR numbers? That people are Yeah, like what percentage are watching like either of these shows, like completely live, you know what I mean? It's got to be super um, low. Like, I don't think it's like, that say, if, if you're like starting the episode, like right when it starts and like watching all the commercials, like, Oh my God. Like, no, like 
That's I, a painful I, I existence. Think, I, I think you're speaking from a, a vacuum of your own existence. There's plenty of people who still watch it live. There like, why? Like, like, why would you do that? It because they want to participate in the discussion around it. Wait, wait 45 minutes. Like, like what we do. Like, wait 30 I'm minutes. You, wait 30 minutes, and then you just can just, like, zip through it. Devin, like, I know. So I, I – throughout both, like, high school, college, uh, after that, whatever – I know a lot of groups of people who would like watch The Bachelor, for example, and every single group and just with multiple groups of people was always insistent. was always insistent on watching it live at the time so they could participate in the discussion around it. And that's something that's been emblematic also through, you know, looking at the media, like just how the live talk tweeting about and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, and for shows to have a community like that, I think that is an important yeah. factor. So I think it do a lot of And here's the thing. There are close to a million people watching the show live. That's what the ratings bear out is there's like a million people watching live. You throw in DVR numbers, that number probably triples. So you're probably talking about 4 million people watching the show just through DVR and watching it live. That doesn't include MTV.com. That does not include on-demand numbers because I don't know about you guys, but on my spectrum, the next day, the show is there and the whole season stays up until about a month after the season's done. So I could literally sit and yeah. binge on demand the whole series at the end of this, if I wanted to. So what's the, what have, what have the ratings been for the newest big brother season? So like what, what what's no the clue. newest season right now? Do you know? It's 23. All right. So keep talking. I'll look them up because like, I think what it comes down to is that I'm guessing still the big brother ratings and the amount of people that watch big brother it's probably still way more than the challenge. Oh yeah, right. I would assume so. Yes. Yeah. Just based on so, the like, channel they are on. At the end of the day, they probably just don't even really care that much. Um, they could even be aware of it. Uh, keep going. Well, if CBS, I'm doesn't CBS, care, you think that they no. CBS. I think I, I think CBS doesn't care. MTV might not care, but they yeah. should care. Even though because they more people yeah. because they are competing against their own property at that point. You've got people from Big Brother and Survivor on the show. So why the heck? During the Survivor and uh, Big Brother time slot, are you not running ads for the challenge on Thursday at 8 p.m.? Like, take that 4 million audience and put ads in that show Tommy, show Michelle, show Josh, show Fessy, you show get Casey. It right afterwards. Yeah, why not? Have it go at 9 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. Why not? Yeah. Like, it's it's a very weird own goal from them. I mean, again, it's just with any of these things, you, you always have to be yeah maybe they're just privy to something we're not and who knows uh, it, i mean it seems like the, a very weird decision from mtv's make. perspective they might view that 8 p.m on wednesday is their prime slot for any of their programming so if you're like if you consider 8 p.m wednesday to be the night that you can get the highest ratings even with competition then they're going to put it on at 8 p.m wednesday so that's the thing that i have to keep in mind from the mtv production standpoint you know but at the same time yeah, i so- think they're cutting their nose to spite their face with that yeah so Big Bro- the challenge is like 60% of what Big Brother has been this season, as far as viewers. Sure. Uh, Big Brother sits around like a million. Um, and then, well, actually, no. Uh, I'm where- I was looking at 18 to 49. Uh, there are like way more. Uh, so there are around 4 million every episode. And the challenge is around uh 600,000 or yeah 600,000 not surprising yeah last year they were getting close to a million uh, this year they are down like way down i i really think that's a big factor and this season of big brother from what i've but how many from, more, how many more viewers are they going to gain if they if if it's not airing at the same time as big brother I mean, look, I don't know. It's not, so I don't have any... We won't I don't know, know because but, they're it, not it, really it's, advertising it right. I mean, if if I'm MTV and I want the challenge to have the highest rating possible in the live setting, why do you want it to have the highest rating possible in the live setting? You make more money from ads. You get more ad money the more people watch the show. So if I'm them, the best way to maximize is to put them on at 9 o'clock on Wednesday or 8 o'clock on Thursday... <laughs> And during Survivor and Big Brother, you run two ads for the challenge and you spotlight in the ad those Big Brother and Survivor people because you will get random viewers as well as the people that watch both shows watching them live back to back. I mean, I, I, I know that I know that the two of you are going to disagree with me, but I think it's just I think they blew their chance. They had a chance while these shows weren't on the air to really like build up the, the viewer base. I think they put out a bad product 
and I think it's catching up to them. That's my that's my like personal belief on this. I think that the direction that they've taken the show in has just been very poor, and they really had an opportunity with Big Brother off the air, Survivor off the air for an entire year um, to just really grow the fan base. And it, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to happen, or it hasn't happened. I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of that. No, I, don't I can't. Know, I, I guess, I guess how much of it is the, on the product itself is a little bit different. I think a lot of it, the issues is some of it's marketing yeah. and um, and see that's my thing. Like, yeah, there could be issues with marketing, advertising, what like whatever. But I think almost or like I think the the product like in and of itself can really use a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think and then no, we need to talk I, about the elimination. But uh, the one thing about that that I had not considered is maybe the ratings for Total Madness and Double Agents are just bad numbers because of the lack of competition. I mean, granted, Total Madness aired with winners at war, but we were also all locked down during that. And so there were more eyeballs. It wasn't was the, the entirety of the piece. season either. Yeah, it was no. like, there was still a decent amount of Total Madness that didn't happen with winners at war. Like winners at war was just at the beginning. Yeah, but at the same remember, time, right, but yeah, but the the rating yeah. could have been artificially high because America was locked down. Yeah. Then you circle around to double agents. There's no Big Brother, no Survivor, so more people watched it live than they would have. But now that Big Brother and Survivor are back, the ratings for the challenge are back to where they were for War of the Worlds two. No, but I mean, are they? How much up were they for Total Madness versus War of the Worlds 2? They were up, they were almost consistent. at a million viewers every week. See, that's the thing. They were beating um, wrestling in that time slot for Total Madness. They were also beating... They were the number one rated non-news program on Wednesday night for Total Madness the entire season and for the entire season of Double Agents. And this year, wrestling is starting to beat it again. And the news is also getting it. Um so that that's kind of where I fall into, like maybe those numbers were artificially high and we were taking for granted the fact that there was a ton of casual viewers that maybe DVR the show and don't watch it live normally, but because of the state of the world, they just watched it live. That could be why those Sorry, numbers yeah, were inflated. So we have exactly eight minutes to do talk elimination about the elimination and power rankings. And do <laughs> power rankings. So elimination, uh, Great elimination. Uh, I thought, so the correct way to do this, um, and they may have been doing this and it just wasn't easy to tell, is to just line up all the poles on the ground first from like shortest to like longest and then just put them up, right? Um, But it seemed like with the real issue that they had was, was once they had them in the correct place, attempting to climb on them and just falling off. Like, I mean, it, it felt like they showed Berna fall off a dozen times, and I don't even mm-hmm. think that's an yeah. exaggeration. No, no, it seemed like they were very slippery. I also like the pulls were giving had a lot of give to them when they were standing on them. It didn't seem like they were very stable if you looked at it when either of them mm-hmm. stood on top of them. So I, I think yeah, they just they just kept falling. This literally, I, I was, was pretty engaged throughout this elimination though. Like I, I didn't think that I know it was long, but I thought it was pretty engaging. Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot because it was dramatic. Like Tasha was trying her heart out to win. Like both of them were trying their hearts out to win. And that always makes for a compelling elimination, even if you don't necessarily. And I'm not saying I don't like these people, but if you don't like these people, you can't deny that they gave you a good show in this elimination. The other thing that I just immediately, the moment I saw the setup, I was like, oh, so we're going back to the ruins episode one and just adding a greater degree of difficulty because all they did to change this elimination was make uh, the thing get wider as it went up. Like on the ruins, it was the same all the way up. This well, is it definitely... seemed like what they were walking on in the ruins was also much more stable than these poles. This yes, is like I a really like standard. This is. I feel like they've probably even done this more times since then, right? Like, or am I just not? Am I, uh, I mean, they've done versions of it. Like, there's the one that Josh and Amanda do versus Cam and Kane on War of the Worlds one, where yeah. they're like going up on their backs and doing it as a pair. So there's a lot that are pretty I... similar to it. That's what it, it's like the same type of premise. Like fu- yes. fundamentally, it's like the same um, type of thing. It's I, I I think it's a good premise. Um, I think it's it definitely like shows some physical ability. It's somewhat entertaining from a viewer's perspective. You can tell who's winning, right? Um, yeah. So you can kind of follow along. I think that's something that's very important. 
I think that's something that's very important, not only for eliminations, but also also missions. For us to be able to tell uh, like what's going on and who's in which place. Even, even if you don't reveal it to us, who the winner is right away, that's fine. Um, just be able to allow us to have some sense of who's performing well and who's performing poorly. I, I agree. I think yeah, I think this one it shows a lot about composure too, like who's keeping calm during the elimination and keep fo- keeping focus. So I, I thought it was good, even if it did run pretty long. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting to see how much uh, CT was supporting Berna. Um, yeah, I, well, I mean, he really doesn't want to. He probably really didn't want to get stuck with Tasha um, mm-hmm. or Big T. So. If I'm CT right now, I don't want Berna to go home for two reasons. One, she's a decent competitor, and she's also been in the circus. So when it comes to agility stuff and endurance, he knows she probably has it. So if they can make it to the final, she's a good partner. The other reason he wants Berna to stick around is Nelson and his alliance ain't voting her in. So you kind of have a a link to that alliance unofficially, and you're not having to once again declare an allegiance one way or the other. Because being connected to Berna, now your only threat to being thrown in is in the uh, winner's vote. So in terms of the House vote, as long as he's still with Berna and the Nelson Alliance stays solid, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Because I would have a hard time seeing you picked as a like a winner's vote. I would still, I would still think that's going to be rookies for some time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do power rankings. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go uh, first. I guess I can go first. Oh, go okay, ahead, Rob. Go, go ahead. Go. Okay. Um, so for the woman, I'll move Tori off the top spot for now. I don't think this episode's a nail in her coffin. I don't think this is a nail in her coffin necessarily, but it, it it wasn't definitely was not great for her. So um I'll go Amanda one, Nani two, Tori three. So I'll keep her in the top three, but definitely move her down. Amanda, Nani, who's your Tori? Okay. And then the, the man, beauty house. The men, I'll go Nelson one. Um, I'll go Devin two, Corey three. I think uh, Devin is a good choice. Someone else who um, we haven't talked about uh, is being a potential contender to win this season, but I will give credit to someone that mentioned it in Discord. I don't even know if he mentioned him as a threat to win the season, but to I think he mentioned him as a threat to win a season at some point. Uh, it was No Quitters uh, staff. I can't remember what his uh, username in Discord is, but he mentioned Josh as someone that could potentially win a season at this at some point. Honestly, like he's playing very well this season. He could fall like backwards into a final, and like I think like he's like okay enough to like where he like could be able to luck into one at some point. Like I don't, I don't think that's the most I, outrageous I thing. Know, in the, I don't think that's the most outrageous. Coming from you, Rob, who thinks Anissa has a chance to win one at some point, or who there's like a. I a never non- said that. I, I think that there's not a non. He said you like, can't I, I give don't her see a Josh, zero percent. I, I think Josh has the. I think Josh has the worst odds of any veteran male. Like I, I think Anissa has like the worst odds of any veteran female. He's so entied with the Big Brother Alliance. Like he's he's always a part of like such a really strong alliance coming into the season. Now we're 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 not in double agents or total madness where you have to go and do an elimination and win to make it to the final. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He doesn't have to worry about someone trying to steal his skull. Um, he can just coast to the final if he needs to. And then like, who knows what happens if he gets a good partner. Yeah. And CT still calls him. I don't the see him have to go like better odds than any veteran male right now. All right. We don't have time right, to debate overall, that. What's yeah. your overall? I'll, I'll go Nelson one, um, Amanda two, Nani three. Okay, Nelson, Nelson, Amanda, Nani, Trace, go. Okay, men, I'm going to go Nelson, CT, Devin. I'm changing it up. I feel like the way they, I I just can't imagine why they're doing Nelson's boot. They're finding ways to shoehorn Nelson into these episodes that are meaningless. So I'm like, are they trying to make Nelson more likable so that when Mm. he wins, people like it? Or is this just they need content and it's, they think it's entertaining, but. Anyway, I mean, I thought the way that. So, are you saying that with the boot camp or everything with Berna? Because everything with Berna, I thought it made sense. Why? Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. But they're focusing a lot on Nelson, and they're finding ways to get him more visibility. So it's like I'm starting to realize, like either he's going to have a big part in the end of this season, or he wins it right now. 
So uh, I would say okay. Nelson, Devin, CT. And then on the women's side, I would go... Uh, Wait, Nelson, Nelson, Devin, CT or Nelson, CT, Oh, Nelson, Devin? CT, Devin. Okay, cool. And then on the female side, I like uh, Amanda, Nani, and Tori, even though she, like Rob said, her nail's not in the coffin, but her stock is dropping every week because she's playing sloppy, at least politically sloppy. Um, and then overall, I feel still the best about Amanda on the female side. So I would go Amanda, Nelson, and then CT. Okay. And then quickly to go through mine, I'm going to go Amanda, Casey, Nani. For the men, I'm going to go Fessy, Nelson, Devin, and then overall, I'm going to go Amanda, Fessy, and then I guess Nelson. Uh, yeah, why not? Uh, now, I feel better about Casey, actually. Okay. What else? That's, That's it. it. All right. We got to go. Thank yeah, you for listening, everyone. Again, if you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles. If you want to send us a message, you can reach us at the challenge chronicles at gmail.com. We'll talk to you again later this week. If you're a patron, if not, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Bye.